Talk to me the next move. I'm out the military, but I say I because I'm you. Right. What's your next move? The only, well, I had registered for college. Okay. So I have the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. I did get a, uh, like a $25,000 scholarship as well. Okay. So, oh, you got the kicker. Well, like, it was a scholarship. College fund. It was a, no, it was a separate private scholarship that I applied for. Okay. Didn't know how the hell I got it, but I got it. The Horatio, Horatio Alger Military, I don't know, but I got this scholarship and I had the GI Bill. So I remember this is, this is on the phone. This is how they did it back in the day. I had to call a number. I don't know if the GI Bill still works like this, but I, doot, 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 1-800. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't have a cell phone either. I had to call every month to verify my eligibility. And all I know is like 14 bucks, $1,400 hit my bank account on that Monday. Mm-hmm. You call, you verify, and I got 14. And I used that money to live off of because I had this scholarship for school. Okay. So I'm living on 1400 bucks a month, got some money saved up. Later on in life, well, I had this part-time job that lasted a couple weeks. Doing uh, what? Uh I you was my, a part-time stripper, wasn't you? Yeah, I, I made good money. Did you do hair too? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? I was a I was a teller at Wells Fargo Bank on 32nd Street and Shea inside the bashes. I lasted maybe two weeks. Okay. And some dude came into the bank and he had change, like a bag of change, coins. And he mm-hmm. threw it at me. Like, I need dollars. I need he wanted he wanted change for bills, dollar bills. He, he threw his bag of change at me. And I'm just like. And that this, was a and, metaphor so you could make a change. Ooh, damn. Damn. That's your second pack of How come I never think of smart shit to say like I'm that? I'm sorry, go ahead. You got hit with a bag of change. And I walked out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I left the bank. So did you, how much was his money? Or did you I don't know, I never it? counted it. Oh. Damn. I mean, I, I don't mind counting your change. That's my job. Yeah. I'll be a bank teller where I go to school. But, but he, don't throw it at me yeah. like I'm a cockroach. Or maybe he was playing cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever hey, it was. So anyway, we're, we're, let's get past this bank because time is a factor here today. Yeah. Uh, what happens after that? You quit your job. Do you, are you married? Have a kid yet? No, I was still single. That okay. was that was my college days. I was, no. I, you know, I, and you know what? I was having a lot of fun. Uh, I met some. Can you we know, talk about the socks? I want to talk about these socks. What socks? So, as military people, we transition out <laughs> of the military, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them socks, uh... baby. Tell the sock story. Everybody, America. You need to hear this damn story about some socks. Uh, I was so I had transferred from a community college mm-hmm. to Arizona State. Graduated ASU in 2010. And congrats. Go go Sun Devils, I guess. I don't, I don't know what that means, but yeah. I didn't. I was oblivious in life about apparently there's dress codes you don't you know violate. I didn't know because I'm in the mil. I come from the military, man. You don't. Dra- you know what do you wear in the military? Don't you- go to get to the point about know. the socks. I'm wear- So I was wearing white socks. Yes. With like yes, black kind of dress shoes <laughs> and black pants with white like athletic socks. And my buddy Mario, I love this guy to death. He has been there for me, and I I don't know this guy at this point. And I'm sitting next to him first day of class in ASU. He's like, dude, you can't wear those socks. I'm like, what? I love these socks. He's like, you can't, you got, you got to color coordinate your socks. So I didn't know you had to color coordinate your socks until my mid damn twenties. Yeah. Well, apparently that's a thing. So this is a a good point because a lot of times just because it says, um, military free suits forever, I've said, look, your belt and your damn shoes should match. And you don't just wear white socks for the sake of wearing white socks. I wore white socks. They were comfortable. You but I, do I, I learned then to co- color coordinate your socks. Help your damn friends out. When yeah. you, there's nothing worse than going for the job looking like a bag of ass. 
<laughs> yes. That's true. All right. So uh, now that we got the public service numbers out the way, let's talk about how you progress as a father or, or, or inch me towards that. The fault. Well, the, I have one son mm-hmm. and he, he wasn't born until 2013. So this okay. is still 2008, uh, nine. Oh, so, so, yeah. Okay. We haven't got the vase yet. Right. Well, tell me about it. Well, I'm going to college. I grad, you know, yeah. you know, at, at that point, I'm still a little bit screwed in the head, but I'm kind of, kind of getting better. And you know, I managed to graduate ASU. But huh? then, while I was going to ASU, I met a gentleman who introduced me to the world of entrepreneurship. I was gonna, I was on the path of graduate college, get a job. Yeah. Uh, and then I met this gentleman here in town. Okay. Who had his own business, very successful. And had a new startup venture, and he was in his sixties. I was, you know, in my mid twenties. So he gave you an opportunity. He took me under his wing. He didn't give me a job because there was no okay. money, but he took me under his wing, and we would meet very regularly. We'd have. He was a mentor, okay, and he would show me his venture and what he was doing, and how he put together his business plan, and what he did, and that opened my eyes. To entrepreneurship. All right. And then one day I had an idea and I'm like, yep, I'm going to go try this idea. And that's right around the time I met my then wife, my son's mom, but we were not married yet and we didn't have a child, but that was my first kind of roll the dice I had. We won't go into it. Time will kill it. I could talk for the, you know, this is a three, this is a three day story, but excuse me. Uh, It was a tech startup back in the day. And this is one thing when I mentor veterans, I say, you know, back in that era, a tech startup was cool. You know, Instagram was coming on the scene. Facebook was already on the scene, but having a tech startup was cool. And I thought in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to have a tech startup. You have to try to have a company and go public one day and be a billionaire and change the world. And that's what an entrepreneur means. Why do I get the feeling that this didn't go well? Oh, it no, it, it went very bad. Yes, you're correct. So I did. We... I, I got it off the ground. Long story, less long. I, I, I had a tech startup. At a, we were valued on paper at about $2.2 million. Hey! We were rocking and rolling. I had 12 employees. I had a $98,000 a nut to crack. I did it for two and a half years. And it broke me. I made every wrong decision under the sun. Company crashed and burned like no other. Uh, and that was six or seven months-ish before my son was born. So... How the hell did you get out of that? What happened next? Well, I rented a U-Haul and I backed it up. To... No, did you did you meet anybody? Like, the, in my mind, that you know, the, the startup crashed. Did how did you get out of that? Did you link up with anybody? Did someone yeah. say, "Hey, here's another opportunity"? Well, how'd that go down? Well, first and foremost, because I'd I, be shitting my pants right now if my you know. No, I didn't know this, but there's a proper way to dissolve a company, just like you form a company mm-hmm. and there's a proper way to do that. There's a proper way to dissolve. I didn't even know how to dissolve a company. Mm-hmm. But, so anyways, to, to wrap this up, everybody left. Everybody but two or three people just scattered. I stopped paying them. Payroll stopped making it. I, I didn't have any money. Shout out to Nathan Wagner, who st- stuck by my side for a little bit. Big shout out to Michael Hool. Big shout out to Michael Hool. Big shout out to Neil Reifinger. That was twice for you, Michael. Yeah, that was twice. Because yeah. these guys actually stuck by my side and said, we're going to help you get through this. Um, 
And then... What was the next opportunity, man? How do, how do we get to... Well, you're missing... The, this is where you keep bringing up my son. This is where yeah. my son comes into play. Yeah. So we shut that company down November of 2012. We're in November now. Eight years ago to probably to the day I was shutting down a $2.2 million company. What a difference a day makes. <sighs> and May... Of thirteen, so November of twelve. Tell me about tell me about how you felt because one thing we do, oh. the people who come on this show, or hell, I've even been on the other side of the chair. You busted my ass about how I felt. So how the fuck did you feel? I you just felt like a motherfucker. I uh, we had some investors and uh -huh. I lost their money. And even though there's no legal ramification per se, I mean it was a it, it was an investment. Investments have risk. But I lost their money. Did you think about suicide ever? Uh, not in any kind of serious manner, but it crossed my mind. But I, my mom put in a lot of money. My mom had to work an extra two years because she believed in her son, invested in me, and I shit the bed. My mom was a school teacher. She had a lot of money. Damn. My dad invested. And we're not talking pennies. So that my point is that you felt... Oh, probably like you. Well, it was lost. It was, I, I have no next move. I have zero next move. This is checkmate. I just lost a bunch of people's money. I lost everything I owned. Mm -hmm. And did I mention I had no next move? Except, oh yeah, your son's being born yeah. very soon. Move your ass to the store and get some diapers. Yeah, I stole my first box of diapers from Target on 101 and Tatum because I had no money. And I'm not proud of that. Kind of am, but I'm not. I shoplifted my first box of diapers. I had you no- what you had to do for your family. I was driving to the hospital to deliver my son with negative $10 to my name. <laughs> you know what my then wife said when I walked home with the diapers? What'd she say? Did you pay for those? I said, no. She's like, go return them. I don't want that bad karma. <laughs> Did you return them? No. Okay. We well, needed diapers. Hey, we needed diapers. Um, things had never, I've, That is. that's heavy, man. That's the truth. I was driving to the hospital with negative 10 bucks to my name on May 5th. My son was actually born May 6th, but we drove the day prior. Was it easy still in diapers? Yeah. It, come on. Yeah, you don't have any of those indicators look like this dude's going to walk in the yeah. store and steal some damn diapers. Yeah. <laughs> Target. You, can, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. they probably gave you excuses yeah. when they were watching the cameras like, ah, you forgot. You, you'll be back. They gave me a pass, but... Yeah. uh that was rough, man. That the, 2013 and 14 were the worst two years of my life-ish. But then there's this thing called perseverance. Perseverance. Determinarity. Determinarity. <laughs> it's a word we made up earlier. You guys don't know. Just trust me on this one. Um, <clears throat> so what happens next? Because apparently you're down. I would not get a job. Call it stubborn. Call it I'm a notch. Well, everybody's like, go get a job. Mm. And it's not because I'm lazy. Maybe prideful a little bit, and I'll buy that. I would maybe too proud. I wanted to start a new company because when, when when my first company failed, and I it was almost like I didn't get out of bed for like a week. Mm. It's just miserable, yeah, miserable. And when I finally got out of bed, it's like every lesson I needed to learn. I mean, at that stage in life, hit me. 
well, you shouldn't have made that higher because you weren't ready and here's why. Well, the software engineer wasn't ready for the UI UX design guy and the design guy should, well, you didn't, because we had a tech company, you, you yeah. know, you didn't, you didn't, uh, the sitemap didn't work out. The flowchart, the fl no, every lesson just hit me. And it's like, you went back into the cocoon. Yeah. While you were in the bed, not doing anything for, you were AAR and what, what was happening. Yeah, and, and, and just boom, yeah. every lesson. And it's like, well, you know what? And then what happened? Uh, what happened then was a, somebody who I really, really respect, John Kay. Uh -huh. John Kay, I know his brother, Mike. John mm -hmm. pulled me in and was doing something in the healthcare industry. Uh-huh. And that's how I got into healthcare. I'm still into healthcare to this day. Because of John? Because of John. Well, one time for John. One time for John. But so how'd it go down, though? Well, John couldn't pay me, and I needed money. Uh -huh. So these cats out of Vegas yeah. said, we'll, we'll kind of mentor you and take you under our wing. Uh -huh. Big shout out to Lori, Kelly, Dave in Vegas. They saved my life. How? Tell me how it went down. I flew out, so I knew them just from mm -hmm. some stuff, and we got, and I'm, so I'm calling everybody. Okay. Network. Your network, we always talk about this. Your network, I'm calling everybody I know, and I knew a lot of people from coast to coast. And I'm calling people, hey, what are you into these days? Where are the opportunities at? What's going on? I'm calling, I'm calling, and I come. Uh, Dude, yeah. how did John get you to Vegas? John didn't get me to Vegas. What John happened? got me into the industry. Well, okay. we, all, we all knew each other. All right. So anyways, these people in Vegas said, come out, we'll mentor you. Okay. We'll, we'll teach you this industry that we're in. It's in the healthcare industry. I flew out to Vegas on a Thursday morning on like the 8 a.m. flight. We had an 1130 lunch. We met till about three, four o'clock. Yeah. I'm home on the 7 p.m. flight. I'm back in my house in Phoenix on a Thursday night with my then wife and a one-year-old, maybe one and a half, whatever. And I looked my wife in the eye and I said, we have to be in Vegas on Monday. Did she poke you now there? Nope. She said, I'll start packing. That's a hell of a lady. I was married once and I think my wife would have Rodney King my ass if I'd have said some shit. It like was that. my last, I had nothing. I couldn't afford rent. I, I said, we have to be in Vegas on Monday. And you made it happen. We packed. I got a U-Haul. My buddy Brad, who I bribed, didn't tell him I was moving. I said, come over and have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> some English muffins and we threw everything we owned in a U-Haul mm -hmm. with my, by the way, car that got repossessed a week prior. That's a funny story. We'll get into that later. And we drove to Vegas in a rented U-Haul and a loaner car from my then wife's uncle that lives in California. But that timeline is tight. Oh, tight. So 90% of people I know, if they had that opportunity, I believe life is full of choose your own adventure moments. At any fucking time, you could have said, oh, man, I ain't doing that. <laughs> that decision right there, how, how much weight would you put on for determining the rest of your life? If I did not go out to Vegas yes. and spend the nine months there learning this healthcare industry that I'm in now, there's no way I'd be here today. I don't know where I'd be, but I wouldn't be here. And you know who else wouldn't be here? <laughs> because that... It's a, it's a chain of events, and you never know. You know, you heard you heard the guest we had on earlier today. AP is walking through the airport. Guy drops his wallet. AP returns the guy's wallet, and that's how they met. I yeah. mean, it's it's a series, you know. And I knew if I didn't make it to Vegas on Monday, 
It's it's lights out. So I'm, you make it to Vegas. Make it to Vegas. Uh-huh. I got I got mentored. So that was probably then if I that was mid 14, 2014. My son was born in 13. So yeah, about a year old. We go to Vegas. I spend nine months mm-hmm. learning this industry ish, eight, nine months. I come back and start the company I have today. I, I started the company I have today, one of them, June of 2015. Damn. And here we are today, and so how'd it go? Which part? Well, you know, you you started the company. Are you feeling pretty good about your Look, choices? I, I'm I'm blessed more than most. Yeah. I I you know took a little bit, took a little hit this year Don't in 2020. Humble. Don't be humble because what I want to highlight, and the reason why I was such an asshole during the period when you were so down, because that feeling of when you're fucked and you know it. I mean, you know it, know it, know it, know it. And the fact that you felt that bad, but now because of it, you feel so good. I do feel good, but it's got to feel good. It does feel good. Because you remember where you was. What did you say it? 13, 14? Well, my my son was born in 13. That wasn't that long ago, brother. Not seven years ago. It's not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. That's what I'm talking about. It's October 29th. We officially start filming season two in 11 days. Just today, finished the bookings for all the guests, airfare, hotel, everything like that. By the way, just finished swim therapy. It's good for you. Get off your ass, go swim some laps. But uh, I was feeling overwhelmed. This is uh, a lot, to be honest, and we're, we're at the crunch time. You know, a lot of people see the lights and the camera and the studio. They think it's all glamorous and fun and games, but uh, it's a lot of work. A lot of work, a lot of passion, a lot of heart and soul that's gone into this. So let's just keep going. Season two, 11 days. Let's roll. So to take it from that point, and that's the reason why, and how'd you feel? And But now, that decision of bust your ass in four days to move from Phoenix to, to Vegas and, and bring a baby mm. and anything. That, that is balls to the walls. I ain't got money. I'm running up in the Target. And thank God I don't get caught. Yeah. That's to, true. to now. People, make that hard damn choice. Make it. And put in the word, understand your craft. I got all fired up on Hal's episode. Understand your craft. This is what I tell. I've, I've given talks at Thunderbird Global School of Management. I've mm-hmm. given talk about entrepreneurship. And what I say is understand your craft. Whatever industry you're in, you have a product or service yeah. and you're selling it to a customer. You better that you better know that whole cycle like you know the back of your hand. You better if you can't rattle off how much your product or service costs, how much are you selling it for? How much are you acquiring your customer for? How much you have to know where's your industry headed? Where's it going to be in 10 years? Are you even going to be around in 10 years? If you're not, you know, you being an entrepreneur is hard. And my definition of an entrepreneur, just me, is you rely on you, yourself, or a small team of people that you put together for your income. You can have the entrepreneurial spirit and work for a Fortune 100 company. And that's all fine. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Nothing wrong with that at all. God bless you. But to be an entrepreneur and go build something and start something from scratch, that's an uphill battle. But you feel good about it. I feel great about it. I'm glad you feel great about it. I feel great about it. So if you could go back and talk to yourself Ooh. at in 2013, 14, what was a, you know what? Screw that. What's the biggest thing you learned about your failure? Business failure? Yeah. 
Well, she, I, I got into an industry because I thought it was cool. I got into an industry because, you know, at the time, everybody was in tech. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I'll open up. I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Biggest lesson, uh, like I just said, know your craft. Whatever industry you're in. I don't care if you're a restaurant owner. That whole food, no food service. Mm-hmm. Know what the hell that means. If you have a laundromat on the corner, know what that means. You know, know how long it takes to dry clean a shirt and ship it back out and bring the next one in. I mean, what, whatever industry you're in, understand that industry and master your craft. If not, you're either going to be mediocre at best or you're probably going to be lights out very soon. Somebody right now probably lost their company. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have lost their Somebody company. Somebody right now, COVID didn't beat the damn piss out of them. And if you could tell those people one thing, what would it be right now? Find a way to keep going. Fi- it will change. You Find a way to keep going. And what's probably not, why you're probably not keeping going, mm-hmm. if it's money, I get it. Do everything you can to find a way to solve it. Especially during now in 2020, there's a lot of programs out there for small businesses. But if it's a financial issue, just find a way. Be resourceful. I, I I don't know. I can't pinpoint an exact, you know, do this. But if it's money, find a way. If it's a lack of customers right. or another problem, then take a deep, have a come to Jesus meeting with yourself tonight. Buy a fucking vowel. And, and buy a vowel yeah. and ask yourself, okay, do I have, why don't I have customers? Did, is the industry going away? Will it come back soon? Is it because stuff happened in 2020 and that's just, but you, if it's, you know, you, you got to identify the problem. There's a lot of problems. Is it an internal problem? Is it a financial problem? Is it, I have no more customers problem. Does my product suck? And guess what? If your product sucks, then maybe you got to shut the company down and go try something new. Cause guess what happens all the time. You gotta, somebody said you got to kill your darlings. You got to kill your babies. Hey, sometimes you got to take the family dog out. Sometimes. Look at the flowers. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I had the pleasure tonight to interview one of the biggest influence, influencers that I know. And he told you some things tonight that were probably hard to hear. And that's okay. Because that ooey gooey shit that I want to die, I want to give up right now shit is the difference between stealing some damn diapers hmm. and this. Influences leadership, and that's all it is. Ladies and gentlemen, David Johnson, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very Thanks much. for the opportunity. It was an honor for me. Oh, oh, thank you. When I say I love you, I mean it, man. I love you right back. Peace.